Two green thumbs and now two hours of Garden Talk for 2023. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick Van Dyke, who's on the phone, joining us from Musimin, who uh, you were away to see some hockey played yesterday out in uh, Winnipeg. So on the road now. On the road. Exactly. We want to get back to the text we just left off with before the break, just finishing up with this uh, interesting text from Bernice and Kindersley. So we talked about uh, uh, Bordeaux versus seven for Saskatoon berries. She says, we've got Saskatoon black currant and gooseberries. Will Bordeaux work for all the above? We also have raspberries. We never seem to ha- do anything for the raspberries. They produce well. Yeah, don't need to do anything. If they're producing well, don't need to do anything. Now, uh, the Bordeaux would be if you've had issues with... Uh, with with the fungals on the on the on the leaves or on the fruit, yep. Then you can spray the Bordeaux. That'll help prevent because it, it Bordeaux is prevention, not a cure. Okay, so you're trying to prevent the fungals from coming on to the coming up from the leaves that may have been there from last year that are on the ground and then coming back up into the fruit again. So you can use Bordeaux on any any of those ones there. The only one that you they said did they say choke cherries on there? Nope. Uh, Blackcurrant, gooseberries, Saskatoons. Okay, and the only thing you want is that the only thing if you the on the black currants and that you can get powdery mildew, which uh, what works better for powdery mildew is just using um, garden sulfur. It works better than uh, copper spray on powdery mildew. Um, so if you have an issue with that, use that instead. Uh, otherwise, if you have more insects, then you have to use uh, uh, a different products than the, the Bordeaux and, and the garden sulfur will not help for you if you have bugs in inside your fruit okay okay perfect then you have to use a spray all right uh, insecticides insecticidal spray we're going to go to back, back to the phone lines here somebody waiting patiently out uh in arizona are you in arizona marcy yes i am and where are you from uh, in saskatchewan in in regina saskatchewan. all right on but you're listening to us from arizona that's pretty cool well welcome yeah yeah it is i have a question for um we have a lot of trees around our area, and we have aphids. And, of course, then there's dropping, like, sticky stuff all over the patio furniture and stuff. And I was just wondering if there was something that could be recommended to avoid all that. Absolutely. There's two different ways you can go. Okay, number one, you, if you want, you can just spray, um, like, a product called Ambush. Okay, on the trees, and you need to start spraying them early in the spring, as soon as the leaves start emerging. Okay, and okay. because you want to get rid of the reason why is because uh, aphids, uh, they, they lay eggs in the fall. Okay, and they'll hatch as soon as the leaves start emerging. Okay, it starts budding out, and then they're born pregnant. They're asexual, so they're born pregnant, and then so and then they give birth to pregnant uh, after they they get birth to pregnant aphids again. So it doesn't take long before you get multiple generations. So if you can stop those early generations, you'll have less problems all summer long. Okay. okay. The other the other option is is that you can use uh, more of a of a natural type of way of doing it. One is that you can get uh, the garden centers now handle things like ladybugs. They handle praying mantis. They handle a bunch of beneficial bugs that go after those aphids. Okay. And what I do in my yard even right now is that is I don't use any chemicals in my yard anymore. I just, I, in fact, in my new yard, I just put a bunch of birdhouses up, little wren houses, and I attract little wren houses. And I also put a, a, some water spots out, like little bird baths and those kind of things out. So I attract those, those birds to my yard, and those birds will keep the balance of the insects to a level which will, your plants won't be harmed. Oh, okay. That sounds great. 
And if you're going to track the birds, if you're going to track the birds, you got to put the birdhouses out now, and you have to actually start getting your bird bass out now because they'll pick a spot before another spot. If they have things like water around, they'll pick your area to go and uh, and to nest in because they'll say, "Okay, I got food, I got water, I got everything I need. This is a perfect spot to set up home." <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, I'll do that as soon as I get home. Perfect. What's okay. the weather like in, in Arizona, Marcy? Oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, it's it's like 90 degrees right now, and uh, yeah, so we're coming home to the storms. <laughs> <laughs> well, travel safe, okay? Travel safe. Yeah, thanks a lot. Take okay. care. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. bye one 877 That's pretty cool. You get a call from Arizona. Yeah, uh, there you go. There, let's go to our text line here. We've got Sean, who's in Regina. He says, we've got voles strip the bark off my shrubs along the bottom two feet. Any suggestions? What I suggest you do is if they strip them, totally ring them right around, uh, then just trim them down to that to where they just below where they trimmed where they've uh, where they voles have stripped the bark. Yep. And the shrubs will just come back up from the base again. They'll okay? rejuvenate themselves, right? They'll yeah. rejuvenate themselves. You can leave it if you want and then see which branches can make it through, but once we get to the hot part of the summer, they'll die down. Uh I had we had um we had piled some snow up. I talked about that earlier. We piled some snow up, and they ate all my espalier apple trees. I mean, they just love it underneath the snow there. But, uh, I mean, some some trees won't come back, but shrubs will come back from that. They'll just they'll just start fertilizing around the 10th of May with 30-10-10, and then keep doing that every three weeks, uh, usually in about uh, in anywhere from one or two liters of water mixed with that per plant, uh, depending on the size of the plant. Of the plant. And... Uh, do that three ten ten every three weeks from about May the tenth until around July the fifteenth, and you'll get tons of growth. And by the end of the summer, you'll have you'll be able to do some pruning again and get them to fill out and bush out, and they'll be right back to where they are again. Okay, on to our text line here. This is from Lori, who's in Elbow. I have a one-year-old Colorado spruce that's about two and a half feet tall that turned brown on some of the branches over the winter. What should I do? Yeah. Yeah, it took some, especially if they're poking out of the snow, had that lot of issues. They got some sunburn where the snow, sun was reflecting off the snow and just desiccated. It basically dried out the needles. And so the buds, they don't dry out the buds. So the buds will be fine. So just give it, start fertilizing those plants in the spring. Um, and you'll get some, and you want to do it in, in May, uh, especially if they're younger plants. If you want to do it in May, so that because they'll put all their new growth in in June. So you want to set the banquet table in May, so then when they start growing in June, they have lots of food to grab and start growing up, start growing out, and then it'll cover up all that brown. Those brown needles will fall off, uh, but uh, you want to get some new growth so that you, your optimum new growth, uh, so that it just covers all that up and uh, the trees start growing really well. Okay, we're going to go to a text here from Jeff, who's in Lethbridge. Uh, good morning, Jill, uh, Jay, and Rick. I was cleaning out the yard yesterday. I noticed some of my Mount Baker lilacs have already sent out some buds. However, yep. my Miss Kim lilacs haven't budded yet. Is this normal, or am I yep. experiencing some winter kill? The lilacs were all planted last May. No, they're fine. The Miss Kims will come out a little bit later on. Okay, so they just have uh, different times. Yeah, yeah. Your your Mount Baker is more of a it's it's a it's a it's a more of a type of a French lilac, 
and they will tend to swell and push out the buds quicker than than the than the other types of lilacs, like your Preston lilacs and your Miss Kim lilacs, and that and Myers lilac. They'll be just a little bit later, but they'll be fine. Okay, we'll keep going here. This is from Brian. Uh, he says, "Good morning. How do you get rid of the voles? We kind of covered that earlier using snap traps under a cover of some kind yep. with some peanut butter, and so it's it's more of a, a mouse site sort of scenario. However, yes. mouse bait or mouse poison doesn't seem to really work with them, right? No, nope. no, it doesn't really work with them. Just using that peanut butter and a regular snap trap." cover them up so the birds don't get into them, and then you'll catch lots of them. Right. The second half of his text is uh, Wigalia, shrub. Should they be covered in the winter, and what kind of fertilizer do I use in the spring? Yeah, well, Julia, I just like to make sure they get snow cover, a spot where they get snow cover. If not, I just like to mulch them up, because uh, they will tend to tip kill if they're sticking out of the snow. Uh, but otherwise, the fertilizer, just use your uh, regular shrub and tree fertilizer, 30-10-10, 20-20-20, any one of those. They'll be fine. Just make sure that with the Wilgelia, stop fertilizing by July 15th. Do not fertilize past that, because otherwise they'll tend to grow too much in the fall, and that's when they'll be susceptible to winter kill. Great. Uh, let's go one more here before we got to go to our break. Actually, no, I'm changing my mind. Sorry. <laughs> We're going to pause right now. Uh, we'll get to a call when we get back, as well as lots more texts on the way. We'll keep going with those. It's our number two of Garden Talk. You're listening on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Yep, that's right. Two hours of Garden Talk, and we're going to go all summer with this. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke, who's on the phone right now, and Jill is away. She's in Florida enjoying uh, some sun and fun and, of course, some really cool garden centers uh, looking for suppliers for some amazing new plants that are going to be coming to Dutch growers, which is exciting, especially tropical stuff. Rick, we're going to go to our text line shortly, but we got a call here from Paul, who is going to join us. And, Paul, you just want to mention about the birds, right? Oh, hey. Rick... You got two hours on your own. <laughs> You're on your own, buddy. Yeah, I'm on my own. Yeah, no, you you said it all, like with the bird bath and stuff yep. like that. Uh, drink, you know, for the birds that are drinking. Yeah, uh, they. I I find them. They're bathing in different different ponds that I have put up. Yeah, I have I have not had an issue. My neighbor last year said, "Oh, what about the grasshoppers?" I said, I really didn't have any. My my yard is full of birds for the yep. simple reason I feed them um, and and got the bird baths there for them to drink and bathe. Yep. And you attract the robins as well to your yard, and they take care of all the, the lawn insects and the little, little wrens, and, and especially the little wrens and chickadees. They eat a ton of insects every day so they'll get rid of all of them but they will keep them at a balance so that your plants won't be harmed that's right and you don't have to you don't have to rely on sprays and things like that let it do it naturally it'll look after itself yeah absolutely you're totally right i mean we can do the only time you have to use sprays if something gets away with you if you don't have no birds or you know or if you have a fungal or something like that but other than that the the birds will take care of the insects uh and keep everything at a at a natural balance which uh the trees can handle a natural balance uh some inse- some insects it's when you have an infestation and that's when the trees have trouble exactly exactly well thanks for the call paul really appreciate thanks. it all right. Thanks, Take Bye. care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Over to the text line. This is Rosanda from Estevan. I'm wanting to plant a couple climbing roses this year. What would you suggest? I want something that's got lots of large roses and pretty easy care. Okay, so 
In the climbing roses, what I would suggest you do for hardy roses, there's a couple of them. One, one is called Felix Lecure, it's, it's, uh, and also another one called John Davis. Uh, try either one of those ones. Uh, they will do really good. If you want a more aggressive one, you can do one called John Cabot. Uh, it's really prickly, though. <laughs> okay. Anything with that one. Okay. Perfect. Robin Elbow's got a text for us. When I fertilize the grass this summer, should I be aiming for 100 pounds per acre over the entire summer or 100 pounds per acre each time I fertilize? Each time you, each, each uh, well, 100 pounds of N per fertilizer would be, I would do over the whole summer. Okay. 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 So, so divide that out in, in, in multiple, multiple times you would want to do that. So if you're probably going to multiply that out by three times, three different applications. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dave in Saskatoon's got another text for us. And this is one we've, we've kind of answered a few times today, but we'll keep going with it. When can I remove the burlap from my shrubs? And what's the name of the topsoil with the iron in it made in Saskatchewan? So okay, when we that, talk, that talk was, about fertilizer. Okay, that was fertilizer. That was fertilizer. It's called groundskeeper fertilizer. Yeah, groundskeeper. Yep, yep. And you can get that around Saskatchewan at, at some different vendors. Like you can get it at the gar- our garden center. You can get it at Cowtown. You can get it at Flamin Sales. Mormon Home There's Center. Bunch, yep, whole bunch. Bunch of places you can get it around. So uh, it's made locally. Great, great products. Okay. Yep. Um, and you, when you take the burlap off, not until the ground frost is out of the ground. Not until the frost is out of the ground. Otherwise, yeah. you know, the trees are in, and the shrubs, especially the green stuff, is going to yeah. struggle, right? At least at least 12 inches out of the ground. Perfect. Okay. okay. Uh, let's go to our call, who's lined up here. Mike is in Watson today. Hi there, Mike. Oh, good morning. Okay, I got three quick questions for you, one at a time. Okay, I'm uh, looking out my garden shed here, and I got... Two big containers of um, 2020 fertilizer and also aluminum sulfate. I, I totally forgot what I bought them for. Is this for the flowers or the garden, like the 2020? 2020? What do I put that on? 2020 is an all-purpose, so you mix with water and yep. you pour it around your plants during the summertime. Usually once every three weeks for your shrubs. Okay. okay. And okay. Uh, in your and that, aluminum sulfate, why, why why would I have bought that? Because what's you're happening is a lot of our soils are alkaline, more a high pH. Okay. Okay. And so what happens is the nutrients get locked up in the soil, and that's why you'll get even the, even with the browning of the spruces or the cedars. If you can bring the pH down, you have way less browning. So aluminum okay. sulfate okay. you can put it out. Okay. The last question. Uh, sorry, I'm interrupting. Uh, last question is I've got uh, three uh, apple trees here and uh, two cherry t- uh, cherry trees. I don't know what variety of cherries they are, but uh, uh, sh- could I? prune those trees down because they really got pretty tangled up now. Yeah, but you got to do that soon, in the next week, okay? Uh, sorry, I, did you say to do it next week? No, do it with, be, be, before they butt out, so you got about a week left to do. Oh, that's what you said. Okay, that's great. Okay, thanks okay. very much, and you have a good rest of the day. Thanks, you too, Mike. Thanks. All right, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We still have some more text to get through. In fact, a lot to get through. Norm is in Saskatoon. How do I stop the maple bugs from crawling all over my house? There again, uh, uh, having the birds around to eat the eat the bugs as they're growing. That's the biggest one. Um, otherwise, you can do a spray, a couple of sprays during the summertime with ambush to get the numbers of bugs down. Uh, they, and, and you got to remember, the maple bugs really aren't that harmful. They do suck on the on the maple, but they usually mainly use it as a host, and they really don't do nothing other than being a real nuisance when they come yeah. in the house in the wintertime. Exactly, they're gross. Yes. And they, when they squish, they turn, they, they, they squish orange. <laughs> but otherwise, when you step on them, 
they don't bite you. They they're not harmful, and so they they really don't do anything other than being uh, <laughs> a, 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 an a ugly issue. That's all. Exactly, exactly. Anne is in Saskatoon on the text line. Uh, she says, "I'm concerned about my orchid. It's looking ill. Flowers are dropping off prematurely. I was away for and missed one watering. I give it three ice cubes once a week. What can I do?" Okay, Jay, you're, yeah. you're, the, ex- you're the expert. You tell okay, me well, what you do here in this uh, And I would, I would change the way you're taking care of your orchid a little bit. So here's what, uh, what I do that works really well. And, and if the flowers are dropping off prematurely, that, that set of flowers will be over. Uh, you know, when, once they're starting to fall off, uh, that's pretty much it. But it'll send up another brack eventually to get you more flowers. So, uh, though three ice cubes a week, you know, is probably not enough water and it's, it's, it's not really soaking in that well. So here's what I do. Make sure that the, that, flower is in the bark mulch. If it's still in the uh, stuff that it was transported in, which is usually just um, moss. moss, it's not going to hold water very well. That's not what it's supposed to grow in, right? So you can do a transplant to the bark mulch. You can buy it at any garden center. It's an, orch- it's an orchid bark. Exactly. It's an orchid bark, and it's, it's like yep. orchid, orchid mix, basically, is what it's called, right? Yep. And then once I've done that, and then what I, what I do is I, you know, once every couple of weeks, it's not, even, not, it's not even once a week, it's maybe once every two weeks or three weeks, I'll soak the whole thing. So you fill the pot right up so that it's just drowning and drenched in water. And you let it sit for mm, 20 minutes, half an hour, something like that, and then you drain the whole thing. So I have a double pot. The pot on the outside is nice, but the pot inside that it grows in has got holes in it. So that way I can lift it out of the the pretty pot and then I can drain it. That inside pot has got holes in it. So I soak it in the full in the in the outer pot, pull it out and I let it all drip in the sink so it's just the bark is all damp, but that's all that's left there is just that moisture. Uh, there's also orchid fertilizer. I use that just about every time I water it, or at least every second time I water it. So the soaking works a lot better than just three ice cubes once a week, and it's not cold water that way. And tell, tell the people how much your orchids are blooming. <laughs> well, it, it never stops. So I've got 26 flowers on my orchid, and the flowers have lasted since before Christmas. So they came out before Christmas, and they are have been around for four months, and now the stupid thing is sending up a second brack for flowers while the first one is still going. Um, yeah, it's go. it goes crazy. It wants it lo- wants lots of light, but not direct light. So that's yeah. what I found works really well. So you know, if you're getting the flowers dropping, that's okay. They'll come off. Uh, Add the fertilizer and change the water way you're watering it so that you're soaking it instead of just the three ice cubes once a week. It's not getting all the, the, the moisture in all the bark and all the roots. So There you go. <sighs> Jay, now, now that we've got your green thumb working here, <laughs> I know that you have such amazing, that's why you're the perfect guy to answer that question because uh, it, your plants are just amazing. Oh, thanks, thank, thanks very much. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. we got to go to our news update and then lots of texts coming up after this. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Half an hour left in our two-hour garden show. That's right. Yeah, two hours now. Uh, this is going to be going all summer long. I'm Jay Thomas. Rick Van Dyke is with us, of course. And Jill is away. She's in Florida looking at some tropical plants to, you know, get some new stuff in uh, in stock, which is cool because tropical plants indoors have become a huge thing. And even, you know, out on, on patios, terraces, well, that sort of thing, right, Rick, for summer, lots of that happens. 
huge out in the planters and pots using yeah. things like the palm trees and all that kind of stuff, crotons, all those kind of things, plants uh, out in the garden, in the planters, the people love them. Yeah, and you know what? What's unfortunate a lot of times is that it's hard to save all these plants for the next year. So a lot of times with these tropical things, it's it's buy them again, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, they, yeah a lot of people use them in the annual, but then a lot of people do bring them inside. And uh, and even if they put them, if they got a heated garage, you can keep them there and uh, just water them every once in a while, keep them sort of a little bit dormant, and um, you can do that too. Can you do that with a with a palm tree though? Yep, absolutely. As you can. As, hey? as long as you got a window, right, in your garage. Yeah, but that's and you, that's and, the, and, your, and your garage is heated. That's right? the, that's the trouble, right? Is you have to have enough enough light. Like yeah. I tried to save a palm tree uh, from from last summer, but it made it yeah. through about halfway through the winter, and it didn't matter. You know, I, I guess I, I could have gone as far as putting grow lights on it and all that stuff, but yeah. for for an eighteen dollar plant, uh, you yeah. know, it wasn't it wasn't worth it, and I just couldn't. Yeah. It it wouldn't take the low light, you know. No, no, it needed needed to be either in the house or in the near a window in a heated garage. Yeah, right? well, it was in the house. And and had light, but it was just didn't like surviving that way. You know, it yep. wanted it wanted yep. the full sun from summer. But yeah, and then you got to make sure you 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 spray it a few times in before before September first when you got to bring it in yep. to get rid of any insects that you want or don't want to bring into you know <laughs> into the house. Either, that so. that too. Let's yep. go to our text line one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. This is Darlene, who's in Saskatoon. Good morning. Question about my hydrangeas. This is. Uh, a good is this a good time to cut back my hydrangeas by a third? When and what fertilizer do I use? Love the show. Thanks, Darlene. Absolutely, now is the perfect time. The snow just disappeared. The plants are just emerged. Give them prune them back by at least a third to a half, and then uh, and then start starting around May the tenth. Start fertilizing with uh, thirty ten ten, and also use a little bit of aluminum sulfate around them. And your plants will be hardier. They'll actually bloom better. And then you have tons of blooms uh, starting around July the 1st. Gotcha. Okay. one 332 8255 Sounds like we got a pretty common theme going on here today with the voles. Uh, Sandra from Regina says, we've got a beautiful 25 to 30 foot, 8-year-old Manchurian ash tree. The voles yep. chewed on all winter. They chewed up 18 inches from the base and all the way around the trunk, which is about 25 inches and around. Just want to verify that there's nothing we can do for it. Is yeah, that correct? So it's, it's basically uh, just like my my 30 year old Aspire apple trees are done. Like yeah, they just they trimmed up about 12 inches up the trunk all the way around, and there's just it, they'll those that plant that tree will actually live for this year. Okay, you can actually if you want you can spray some uh, some pruning paint onto that trunk of that tree, mm-hmm. and that'll keep it the trunk of the trim from drying out. You can actually put a wrap around tree wrap around as well, and you will get one more season out of it. Okay, okay, yep. And because uh, there's enough energy in that trunk of the bark to sustain the tree for one year, unless we get a really hot summer, and then next year it will just uh, in next summer it'll just start withering and dying. Mm, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's keep going here. So this is like a similar a similar text. Kay in Regina, the bark has been eaten off of our Catoniaster hedge and large cranberry bushes up to about 10 inches from the ground. Will they grow again if we cut them back down to ground level? Absolutely. So, Both will as well. So those will. That's the problem. A tree won't grow back yeah, from that. Or that's, if you, that's correct. Right? But the shrubs and the hedges will do that kind of thing. Just because they'll shoot some branches up and start growing again, right? Right, right. So they will. I've cut contoniasas right down to the ground before, and they come right back again. This is from De- Devin in Regina. Morning, guys. I'm getting a- a rid of some caraganas to make room for a fence. How do I kill them for good and still be able to get grass to grow in their place? 
Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, uh, the cure again is just the best thing to do is dig out as much root as you can, okay? And if they do come up again, just take a little spritzer bottle with a little bit of Roundup and just spray the branches on the leaves of the new branches that come up, okay? Okay. That's, that's the quickest way. Uh, Rob, who is in Rostern, has an interesting text. Says, good morning. Great show as always, guys. I compost with a rotary unit. Can I throw in the doggy doo-doo to add nutrients? Is that a good idea or not? Not a good idea. Not a good idea. Okay. No, don't use the doggy doo-doo. Okay. So dog, dog doo-doo should just go to the landfill or yep. out of there, yeah. right? Yeah. Don't put that. The cow manure in that is different, right, than, than, than the dog and cat manure. Right. So don't, don't use that. Okay. So stick away from that. That's good. Uh, this is from, let's see, uh, an apple tree. Can I prune it or is it too late? That's Brad and Dundurn. No, nope, now's the perfect time. Actually, before, in the next week, you have to do it in the next week. Otherwise, it's going to be too late, okay? Okay. Uh, Nicole's got a text for us, and this is, can Calgary boxwoods be exposed to the sun now, or should I cover them up with burlap? Yeah, uh, keep them covered up with the burlap all winter long until the frost is out of the ground, just like a cedar. Okay. Uh, they have to be covered every winter. Do not do not take a chance and don't cover mm, one winter. Right. Okay. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Pat is in Saskatoon. Good morning, Jay and Rick. Is it too soon to use an electric dethatcher for my lawn? Do I remove the stuff? It picks up. A couple of good questions. Yeah. Um, it depends. If your if your lawn is on the sow side where it's really dry, you can actually use it now. Yes. Right. If if it's still wet, don't use it because it'll actually rip the roots out. Okay. Yeah. So if you're if you're walking on the lawn and yeah. the bottom of your shoes are still getting wet, yeah, it's probably too wet to use the dethatcher. Exactly. Uh, and I guess removing the stuff it picks up. Yeah. I mean, I I generally when I when I do get to my lawn for this, I dethatch and then I run the lawnmower over it with the bag and it vacuums up all the dead dry grass. Yep, and then if you want, you can either toss it or actually put that into your compost. Right, right. You can still do that, too. Uh, Somebody may have asked this, but uh, missed the answer. When is it time to uncover strawberries and perennials? Anne in Saskatoon asks us. Yeah, um, it's getting close. I would suggest waiting another week yet, you know. Uh, It depends. On the south side, you probably could. Uh, But we're still talking about some minus fours and fives and minus sixes this next week. Yeah, that's right, yep. So it's just a little bit early yet, so just wait until the the nighttime temperatures are, are you know, around the 3 or 4 degrees at nighttime rather than minus 6s. Right. Okay. Uh, and this is Barbara, who's in Saskatoon. I've got a 4-year-old hydrangea that I'd like to move to a different location. Is this the right time of year to move it? As soon as the ground, as soon as the frost out of the ground, best time to move it is then. Right, and then before it's actually starting to bud out and turn green. You don't want to move it once it's budded out. So just get it as soon as you can. Uh, Like like I said, a lot of a lot of gardens underneath that snow, the ground didn't freeze, so you can move it right now if you want. And last question before we go to our break, Dave is near Regina. We planted white spruce seedling plugs last year that are about 12 to 15 inches tall now. We want to fertilize yep. with 301010. What rate would you apply that? What brand of fertilizer would you recommend? Just use a, a 301010. Uh, there's there's only a few companies that make it now. Um, so whichever one, they're, it's all the same. It's 301010 and 301010 because um, uh, it's more of an acid-based type fertilizer, you'll see. And... Um, uh, but if with those ones there, I'd probably be using, how tall they said, about 15 to 18 inches tall? Uh, let me go back here. Yeah, I think that, well, 12 to 15. Yep. Yeah, 12 yep, to 15. 12 to 15. So uh, a liter of water every three weeks from May the 10th until July the 15th. Okay. All right. And, and evenly around the plant. 
We still have a whole pile of text to get to, so it's going to be the lightning round uh, with our next break there. Stick around. We'll get to your text as well. I'm Jay Thomas with Rick Van Dyvendyke. You're listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. It is the lightning round here on Garden Talk. Yep, our very last segment, but it's a two-hour show, and we're going to do this all summer long here on Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyvendyke. Jill is away right now in Florida, and we've got uh, lots of text to go through, so we'll keep going with those. All right, Rick? Yep, absolutely. Lots of fun. This is from Miles. I have a Venus flytrap that has thrived all winter. Now it's flowering. It looks a bit wilted. What should I do to it? Cut the flowers off? Yeah, it's just uh, if it's flowering, then what you need to do is that just um, make sure that it has the, the insects to be able to survive right, um, because that's what it feeds on, right, the yep. supply trap. So you, um, whether you need to put some new peat moss or, you know, in around it or something like that or something to attract those little fungus gnats and that that they need to feed on, uh, that's the big one. Uh, other than that, watch the moisture. Um, you know, you want to be humid, but they don't want to be too wet, okay? Mm, okay, so yep. That's the big one. And uh, but yeah, they they need the insects to to be able to to be able to survive. So um, you know, sometimes you can just bring another plant into the house, right, with some new potting soil, mm-hmm. and then you'll get some brand new fungus gnats growing in the house, and and it might be in a different plant right next to it, right? Yeah, that's how you do it. It could be even just a pot of soil, a peep peep uh, a potting soil, and uh, fungus gnats will come with that and hatch, and just keep them that moist, and they'll they'll hatch. Gotcha. And give them food. Uh, Tracy in Saskatoon says, oh, it just jumped. Hang on a sec. Where'd it go? There it is. Uh, crows, help. <laughs> just two words. <laughs> crows, help. Yeah, no, the, the crows are, it, that's a tough one. Um, don't know what to do with that. I mean, um, they, all you can really do is go, try to go, if you, they're so high up, how do you take down the nest, right? But otherwise, you just keep taking down their nest and get them to move away. But, uh, but otherwise, yeah, there's not, there's not much I have, not much I can say to get rid of them. So no, that's right, that's right. Yep. Even, even the scare birds, like the the owls, fake owls, do those work for them? Uh, sometimes they work because they they don't like to to have to be around where they know that their nest will be attacked because they do, you know, they do have predators around for them as well, right? Right. Whereas because they go after the nest mostly, that's one thing bad about having the crows around because we talked about we want the little wrens and everything else, but the crows look for those nests, right? So, yeah, I know, and, and take them out. So. Uh, so yeah, you can try things like the the, the scare owl and that kind of stuff, uh, but you have to get it early before because they've already started building their nests already. Those crows, so um, so it's if you can get them early and make them move on to another place that's used the scare crow, probably the best thing to do. Okay, uh, this one is from Trevor, who's in Regina. asks Is it true orchids are toxic for cats? Orchids are toxic for cats. Well, and uh, I, I did a little Google search for that one, yeah, and it says yeah. this is this is a, a, a website for Anna for pets, pet owners. That orchids are not toxic to cats, so they yeah. can coexist. But just like any other house plant, if your cat is munching on a lot of it, uh, you know, a it's going to hurt the plant, but b that could make your cat sick just because when they eat too much of anything, right? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly right. That's why you should just pick up a little container of of cat grass. Yep, and have have that around for the cat to chew on. Then it'll like that before it'll go after the other plants. Okay. Oh, that's so it's kind of yeah. It sort of attracts them to that first. It, yeah, and it'll help to be satisfied with that, and the cat grass will just keep growing, and uh, you can have a little container of that, and the cat will love it. Yeah, or it's that, or you buy a plastic orchid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or buy a plastic orchid. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, this is a question from Chris in Saskatoon, checking if low dome grass should be cut down now or left as it is. 
Yeah, no, you can trim all the grasses down right now. All the grasses. So again. that, as well as the ornamental foster grasses and everything like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is just a Rosanda from Estevan. Want uh, a good deer-resistant climbing flowering vine. Well, wouldn't um, wouldn't roses work? I mean, they're yeah, prickly. Roses work. I mean, they they do trim on they do trim on roses as well. Um, if you use that really prickly one, which is called um, John Cabot, uh, that's probably one there too. But also uh, for a flowering vine that I, they don't seem to, to get that much is called the drop more scarlet honeysuckle. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, and also, you can use the clematises because the clematises die down. Most of them die like the jackmanite clematis. They die down to the ground and they grow up from the ground every year. So that works really well for that is a clematis, and especially the jackmanite, which is a beautiful big purple one. Right. Okay. Uh, Candice from Redverse says, "Good morning. When's the best time to trim up Nanking cherry sh- uh, shrubs?" Right now. Right now. Okay. As nice and easy. Possible. As soon as possible. Uh, Carrie in Waldheim. Last year, my May Day had black knot. I was able to prune it away, but it looks yep. like there is more on another branch. Is my May Day doomed? May Day. May Day. Yeah, prune, prune it right now as soon as possible because the end of April they'll actually start spreading the spores. And if you want to prevent more from happening, get a dormant spray kit. It has uh, do- uh, dormant oil and lime sulfur. You have to take a, start up a hose or take a hose from inside the house and, and take a, a hose and sprayer and spray the tree with this kit. And then it'll help prevent that from coming back to you again. Okay. Rita is in Saskatoon. I have a Thunderchild tree, which we removed four branch, uh, a four-inch branch last year. I saw a nuthatch pecking in the middle of the branch that was left, and he burrowed in about two and a half inches. Will that kill the tree? Do you think yeah. he's going to make a nest? Should I cover up the hole that he's yeah. working on? Cover up the hole, clean it out, get any dead wood out of there, okay? So it's like, just like a cavity, you want to take all the rot out, okay? Right. And then you want to seal it up with some foam or something like that, that hole, and then then, then put some pruning paste over the hole works. And that'll keep the moisture from getting in there, rotting that down into the trunk. Mm, That's okay. what you don't want. And the reason why, because it just rotted into the middle, because it was four inches, you should actually seal it. Anything two inches under, it'll heal itself, but over two inches, you need to seal it up, and then uh, it'll heal better, and then you won't get the bugs, the birds poking into the rotting part in the middle where the bugs are. Okay. All right. Uh, we were just talking about clump grasses. Uh, somebody asked us, I like to burn my clump grass. Is that okay? Yeah, that works Absolutely perfect. Just make sure you got a bucket of water sitting around because you don't want the fire department. So cut the grass off first, right yes. to the ground. Right. So you don't have a whole big fire. Yeah. So you don't have. You don't want a three foot high fire. Okay. So yeah. cut it off first. Get rid of as much as you can, and then if you just take a torch out there and just torch it, and then douse it out after you're done, that grass will come back like crazy. Mm, okay. So it is a great idea. Awesome. Yep. Uh, let's see. This is Leona it's from... Nature, it's what nature does, right? Yeah, that's right. Sure. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Leona from the Battlefords. I was wondering when is the ideal time to thin out and move perennial flower plants out of the flower beds? As soon as the frost is out of the ground, you can move them. So the sooner the better. Okay, nice and easy answer there. Andrew yep. from Saskatoon. Can I plant raspberries beside Brandon elm trees? Yes. Uh, the only problem with the elms is that they suck a lot of moisture, and they also shade the trees, so you'll get less sun, you get less berries. That's the only negative part, but otherwise they will grow there. Mm, okay. And last one, Mary from Denzel. What's the best way to collect and dispose of deer poop? How soon can I spread grass seed? So there's a few, question here, few questions yep. here. Grass seed you can start putting down pretty much any time now because it won't germinate until the soil temperature is warm enough. 
I can put seed down in October, right, to let it come up the next year. Yep. So you can pretty much do that anytime now, and uh, and then as soon as the ground warms up enough to warm enough temperature, it'll germinate. Okay. And that that deer poop, I mean, just rake it all up, pick it all up, just, get just it in the it landfill, up. right? Get it all, put it put it into a compost if you want, and then use it next year, but not this year. Okay, perfect. If we didn't get to your text, we'll text you back uh, off air here, but we're pretty much done. This is our first two-hour show, but we're going to continue this all summer long. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have Jill back here, of course, uh, next week as well, and we'll be all in studio once again, too. Uh, yeah, thanks again. We'll see you same time, same place next weekend. I'm Jay with Rick Van Dyke. You've been listening to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.